I guess before I start, does anyone have any pressing questions they want to discuss before I get on them? My about how they want to talk about. Yeah. You. I think hug was great event, whatever it, it had its you know own issues, but uh, it was so good to see everyone in person and have oh yeah. Time. And uh, then I cherish discussion with you and Quincy. It was like old good times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I really enjoyed the going to the hug meetings. It's nice to see everybody that uses HDF five and. Yeah. You glue do all their good stuff with all the software that I throw together while supervising my small people. Nice to see. Look forward to seeing people in uh in Europe. All right, so I'll just I think I'll just go on. Uh -huh. Yeah. So uh this is basically a follow-up to the last call of doctor I did, which focused on H5, the H5 few script. And just a reminder of what it is. It's just a utility that uses DD. And you can see the output here of combining these subfiles into a single HDF5 file. And it's installed under the bin directory if you're interested in using it, usually. Well, the newer. Um so I've now updated to a new application. So last time I showed uh, XMPM uh, using H5 Fuse, and now I've entered. I have a new example that's in Kibana itself. I mean, XMPM uh, uses Kibana, but this is this is the uh, example that just uses Kibana. So it's in. I have the link up here, so it's in their repo. Well, I have a PR that's for my repo into theirs. So hopefully this will be accepted pretty soon within a week or so into their final repo, but it, it'll end up in the example core. And then they have a 13 HDF5 advanced uh, example. And this is the example. So what I'll show in the next few slides are just for, if you want to see the, I've skipped a few lines, of course, from just to highlight what it's, it's doing. But if you want to look at the whole example in its context, just look, you can look there at this, uh, this link here. And let me, just in case. I can uh, well, I'll, I'll copy it to the chat. So as before, um, we start with, let me, let me go back here. Okay, so this is, we start the main, so in this example, it starts the main time step loop. So this is, it loops over the steps and then it has a, the frequency of the output. And then this is, this uh, calls this HDF5 particle output, just writes that time step. So in this, in this uh, step, it will write all the subfiles. And for all this example, I'm, I'm writing to the node local storage on Frontier. You can you can think of that. So in the next, in the results, um, this is, you can write it either place, but for this, I'm, I'm writing to the node local storage. And then I stat the file to see if the H5Fuse, I assume that that, that uh, script is in where the executable is, where the files are to be, or, let me see where the executable is. And then you, I've configured the weather to see if, if subfiling was actually used, because if it doesn't, uh, and I, I skipped this step. And then as I mentioned last time, this is how you split the communicator to be uh, one node per, or one rank per node. And so the return ranks will be, so that um, the communicator for that, each node will be the shared memory communicator. And then the rank, 
inside that communicator is gotten from um, the MPI call. Next, we use the that rank then will only execute the H5 fuse. So here's in what's different now is I keep track of how many what. Uh, so I forked the process, but then I also keep track of how many uh, processes I've forked, and you'll see why later. And then, uh, then rank number zero, or the, this PID, if it's if it's successful, then it will find a uh, subfile configuration file, and I it's the same as it was I showed before, and you can look at the details. That's not really that important. And then it runs, it sets up the arguments to use for H5 fuse. And, it, and then as, as it was before, it just removes the subfiles as it when it's done processing it. And then this is execution of that fuse. And then I free the, free the communicator. So this happens all within a time step. And here it just uh, increases the time step. So after all the time steps done, the last time I was waiting within a time step, and now since I keep track of how many processes I've forked, now, at before I exit the program, exits it. I make sure that all those processes have been complete, and I just do that by looping over the number of forks, and then I and I wait for the PID to finish, and I loop I loop, I loop over all the forks to make sure they're all done. And I've looked at the at least the ones on Frontier, and they're pretty much done right away. So this wait doesn't really uh, it just to eliminate zombie processes if there are any. So that's what's different um, than what I showed last time. So this is the results for using H5. It's updated from the last time. So it's, just, it's doing 1,024 subfiles, it's around a terabyte. And so this is the total time it takes for the whole simulation. It's not just IO. So this is without without fusing the note files to no local storage. And this is with no fusing the no local storage and this just writing to a, the Lester file system as a single shared file. So both you still see a little bit increase, which I'm still working on, but not, it wasn't as bad as last time. So it is hiding a lot of the fusing uh, happening. And then I also um, wanted to see what the difference was between in Frontier. You have the option of using progressive file layout. So basically, it you don't have to you don't have to set up the stripe count and stripe size ahead of time it automatically adjusts the those parameters as the file gets written the other option is to set those luster stripe um, beforehand manually so for this case i used a stripe count of 64 and a stripe size of 60 me uh, 16 megabytes and i i ran it five times and uh, so this is the first number is the run number. The second is the time step that it outputs. So it outputs four time steps. And the the spread here is from each node. So it's how long each node took to complete the H5 fuse um, command. So you can see that the progressive layout actually does very good. It, I was kind of surprised because uh, currently for Frontier, we're seeing that single shared file, at least from directly from HDF5, does not perform all that well. But if you compare it to set, so normally we set the, we've been setting on Frontier the, the stripe size and stripe count manually, and not using progressive because, I mean it's, but in this case, um, 
it actually, for the most part, performs better than setting it manually, which is kind of counter to what we have been seeing with HDF5. So this gives you an idea. So I guess if you're doing this currently, you probably don't really have to set the, you can use the progressive file layout feature within on Luster and it shouldn't hurt your performance all that much. But the spread is pretty large. <laughs> so some take five seconds to complete the fuse script and some take 35 seconds. So it's still large, but the, even the trend is, the worst case is still not, as bad as the the other, other one. So that's just uh, an update of using, there's still some work to do. I don't think I'm getting the best performance out of no local storage. If I computed the IOS time step, and that's including HDF5, so that's everything. It's not just the MPI call, the right call only. I was getting about 250 megabytes per second to no local storage, which is pretty bad. But if I just do like a DD command to no local storage, I can get over two gigabytes per second. So I have to see if I, if it's the MPI right call that's actually taking is not, I'm not, I mean, it should be fairly fast. So I have to time the actual call that does the writing. Well, in this case for subfiling, it would be the, the POSIX write command. So any questions about this? Let me let me copy the link in case you want to look at the mm -hmm. So that's, I missed the last meeting, so I, I maybe I'm missing pieces. What you're talking about is you fusing the file, creating one shared file, HDF5 file within the application, right? Correct. That's what... Yes. The uh -huh. other option would be to submit. So you run your job completely and you get all these subfiles. Uh -huh. And then you can run another JS run or, J or S run command with only running one node per... Well, you can do one more than one node if you want. But using one one process per node and then calling the h5 fuse command as the argument but that have, means to me yeah uh -huh. have you tried that parallel tool that we have that spawns other um it uses mpi to spawn other hdf5 tools command line tools i forgot forgot the name of it yeah but, i looked at it i yeah but this is much more it's simpler i think okay Ah, I, see. I, I see. I see. Okay. Uh-huh. Thank you. Yeah, I haven't played around with using more, well, increasing the number of subfiling uh, threads. Right now it's default to four. I could increase that and play around. And I also haven't played around with using more than one uh, process per node to do subfiles. Because in the past that hasn't, proved beneficial, but maybe it would here. Mm -hmm. Any other questions?
you know, my request for diffuse, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> But it's, yeah, but it'd be the the luster, right? Because you couldn't do it unless you submit a job to diffuse it to a node local storage to read it from, which I don't know if that would benefit, have any benefit of doing that. And just if you want to restart your application, right, using uh, some file. you The HDF file is already there. Yeah, you have a HDFI file that is input to application. Mm -hmm. You use subfiling to. But I'm not sure that you'd save. You'd have to still split that file, and I'm not sure that would save you the time of just reading it from Lester. Because you'd have to split it and then read it, right? So it's two steps, and you can't really hide that because you need obviously need to read that before you have to complete the fuse before you start reading it. Right. So, right. I mean, using the data. Right. But then you can modify it, right? And not rewrite the whole thing. Right, yeah. Mm -hmm. Anything else? Yes, you, huh? Should be identified first. I just asked him, but maybe there's no use case for it. So, just take it as a yeah, use case. We need to talk to applications if it's needed. Yeah, we haven't got a lot of feedback from applications using stuff. So. Maybe once it starts to, I don't know. And I do have to look at larger, I mean, 1024, I think in Frontier and go up to 9,000 nodes for the whole machine so at least i can try it with half to see if it's because stuff volume really does shine when you start to get really large i mean thousand twenty four is not nothing but it's nothing it's not the close to the whole machine right and having paper published uh, will definitely get attention because now it is it's hard to find mm -hmm. yeah we just have a white paper that mm -hmm. It was basically ECP reports. Right, but publish it, it will. Mm -hmm. And with big application, as you said, yes. I think the I, the Parthenon people have had some interest in using subfiling, so I think they're going to try it out. So we'll see. Daniel, do you have anything you want to discuss? Or I didn't have anything uh, too specific. Um, just that we're we're putting together one fourteen three, one fourteen two is out. I think the news release, the newsletter, should go out in the next day or two. Um, we're just. Oh, Louis, there, there was a press release. So congratulations on your release. Oh, okay. So it went out. Okay, great. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, one um, out. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then one fourteen three. Um, we're releasing that's gonna be the last one for the e4s final ecp scale computing project um software release and so we're we're getting the last bits of that uh one of the things on the on the cve front which that one should be cve free um i found the last of the talus files um 
buried in, in Jira. And so I, I, I put those in the CV repository and fixed one of the issues in there that had not really regressed, but we'd allowed an assert to, to trigger. And then, um, so I fixed that. And then there's one more CVE issue that should have a fix this week. And then that's it. And then we should have a fix in for everything, except for the H5 GIF issues, which we don't build the GIF tools by default anymore. So um, right now that's just, we turn them off. I might fix those in the future. Um, but for right now, I'm more concerned with the library ones rather than something that just affects a, a poorly programmed tool. And yes. uh, yeah. if was in GIF library, it was not HDF5 library, as I recall. It was if I remember correctly, all three of those are problems in the um the the GIF tool itself. That the GIF tool is poorly programmed. It doesn't check very carefully. Like yeah, there's a bunch of there's a there's a file format and it's kind of the same thing that you can do with HDF5 is you can lie to it and it'll do dumb stuff. So um so if it's a misparsed uh GIF file, it'll be it can create garbage. So um I just I haven't had time to go through and fix those because we can I haven't, haven't prioritized that highly because they don't seem to be that important to anyone anymore. Um, shifts just aren't that popular. And so, and, and it's very, and we don't build them by default. Um, and it's easy to switch off. So we don't worry about it too much, but I will try to fix those at some point. Um, or we'll remove those out of the library to a new repository, in which case I'll probably still try to fix them. Um, let's see, what else? Oh, and actually there's one extra one where somebody reported an issue, but they never gave us a POC file. The proof of concept file was just a, a zip file with a text document in it, but they did describe what they what the problem is. So um I'll I'll probably try to create a reproducer for that. Um but yeah, for, for all the ones where there is a, a proof of concept file, we're we're good. So, so I'm pretty excited about that. And that's pretty much all I have right now. Oh, we got a comment here in the chat in the chat how oh, it's used to you. okay yeah yep. okay um anything else or well, i just wondering about um, workshop do you guys think it would be a good idea to have kind of feedback survey what went like post-mortem from the users get feedback what they want to see in the future what was good what what was not as good just few questions like two three questions yeah, I think so. Maybe Lori can put something. It will be good to have feedback. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would like to know from people, to hear from people what they thought was good and what was not. Also, there was a report uh, about failures on AMR, uh, on what? ARM, not AMR. Arm. I was in different world. Yes, ARM architecture, right? Yes. Um, and I'm wondering if it's this cross compilation <laughs> that everyone tells that it's resolved. Well, I mean, it's it's not resolved in release versions of the library, oh, right? I because I I can't move that that fix that they're getting rid of H five detect. I can't move that to one fourteen until I fix the nine fortran bug. Oh, oh, I see. I see. Yeah. Okay. So it's okay. not at 114 yet, because otherwise Night Fortran breaks. I see it's in develop. Okay. 
Yeah, develop only. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited to move it. I, I'm very keen on moving that hopefully soon. And there was also a report from H5Pi guys. They once again see uh, what I think what they're doing. Uh, they see essentially corrupted file. I think they're running Swimmer on an FS system. Oh, yeah. You know, there is, there's some, uh, there are some guys who are at, I can't remember the name of their company, Rogue Research, maybe it was them. It was somebody. And they had some ideas for NFS detection that they thought would work well. And um, I thought there was also some sort of like hacky flesh thing that they were going to implement that could potentially allow to work be less be less problematic on NFS. But um we we had like a, a meeting at the beginning of the summer, maybe in May, and they said they were going to create a PR and start coming to the Thursday meetings and they didn't. And so I'm going to ping them again and uh see what they got. Because just having NFS detection to yell at people based on the um right before they start coming to yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. So if we try to set summer it'll complain. You- simply do not know so you have to uh, yeah and it has to be uh, still I think we need to solve this problem in the right way and just uh, you know finish development of VFD swimmer that solves this problem Uh, well yes but I mean still legacy swimmer is still going to be around for a while right 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 so yeah yes all kind of images are needed yes I agree how does VFD Swimmer fix it? I thought it was a POSIX compliance thing issue. It's uh, not... No, VFD Swimmer doesn't need POSIX compliance because it takes snapshots of metadata uh, and reader reads from that snapshot. It's not reading from the file that may, may, not, be, may not have consistent metadata. So oh, it just cycles snapshots, so it kind of gets away with it. Oh, okay. That's clever. Hmm. Mm-hmm. And it can be put on different device. So because the question was like, oh, if I corrupt my metadata, yeah, if you corrupt your first metadata journal file, you're doomed. But make backup of your file and put metadata on some other device, not on the same device where your current file is, because it's possible. Uh, and with the network file system, there should be, I believe, there is some process that helps with that. Um, and it's implemented, but it's never it was never tested. It's it's still some broken needs to be done. Yeah. Yeah, it's my cue to start bringing some of that stuff over, like the, the page buffering changes that John made. Like Alexander is starting to push on the edges of um, the page buffering stuff because of the needs of the uh, cloud optimized files. So I have to uh, go look at that code anyway. So while I was in there, I was going to compare and contrast and see what John had done. And hopefully, I was hoping to bring his stuff over um, earlier under the BFP Smart project. But John said that it would be a trickier process because he'd added a bunch of BFP Swimmer specific stuff. And I didn't want to drag that over and have it untested and just be basically dead code. So well, we'll see. Oh, Greg has a question in the chat. Yeah, 
Yeah, we just need to detect that a file is located on NFS uh, system and it cannot be opened in swimmer mode for the legacy swimmer. Yeah, you just have, basically have to stat the file and then look at the the magic number that you get back. And then we just have to have some checks for the the common network file systems that we know about. It's not super difficult. Um, I mean, like I was going to do like NFS and I don't even know if people use AFS anymore. But the other one is SMB. And then we have to do the same thing on Windows so that we can detect um, uh, shares on, on Windows because they won't have that, that stat field. So. so thank you, Greg. So Greg will share the code, right? Yeah, if you have that code, if you could send me like a, a snippet, that'd be cool. Yeah. The, the hard thing is just making it, trying to make it work everywhere. I, I'm always hesitant to, I, I like to solve stuff comprehensively. I'm not a, it could be otherwise you wind up with like Windows being a second class citizen because we we solve the thing on the platform we know best and everybody's like yeah Windows we don't care and so no those people are on Windows uh, Python people uh, so have to solve it for yeah Windows. they care there too I I think that's actually where it gets caught I mean well I I, I feel like there's two places where the swimmer stuff fails where we have problems. One is login nodes, right? Which seem to be commonly used NFS. Um, and then, you know, when people are building then the parallel tests, or I'm sorry, the swimmer tests fail. And even though they're not using swimmer. And then, um, yeah, windows on window shares. That people don't understand that, you know, that shared thing that IT set up for them is is actually a, a basically a, an NFS drive or a, Windows server share, then those are network file systems that don't guarantee ordering. Yeah, but I thought the problem was solved because, and Larry will know, are we running tests, uh, regression tests, swimmer tests when, when we're using NFS system? I don't know. Yeah, we run it locally. By, by forcing it run locally or we are detecting? Because I think that we had this conversation like five years ago, right? Yeah, I'm almost positive we just run it in time. Right. Some local mm. thing. Yeah, we always run it on local machine. So yeah. we do not have automatic detection. That's what you're no, saying. No. Okay. But because I thought we put it in the tests, not in the code, but in the tests that we would determine where it, it runs and uh, we're not running it there. No, we didn't do that yet. Right. So With the Unix test, we set them all up on local machines. If we if we um, accidentally fail to do that, we have problems. Yeah, we'll eventually fail. Okay, well, I guess we're out of time. All right. Thanks for and and Garrett's doing the next call the doctor. So next week. Thank you. Yeah. Cool. All right, bye. Bye, everyone. Bye bye.